You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. What's up, everybody? Welcome another edition of Drive for Show, DFS for Doe here on Roto Grinders. Happy to be with you, uh, whether you're watching live on site or on our YouTube channel, or perhaps you're watching later on our podcast feed. Plenty of ways to consume our show each and every week. Uh, however you're watching and or listening, we appreciate you checking us out. I am Justin Van Zuden. We'll be hosting the show as usual. Rolling two-man booth this week. Uh, probably won't be a full show with uh, just the Olympic golf tournament and 60 golfers in the field. So pretty limited field this week. Only so much to talk about, particularly since it gets pretty bad at the bottom. So we aren't going to be pressed for time by any means. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll see what the next, uh, let's say, 30 or 40 minutes brings us and we'll go from there. So bring in my co-host, Mr. Notorious, Derek Farnsworth. Noto, what's going on tonight? Oh, not much. Uh, I think I'm a little more excited than most for the Olympics. I'm always a fan of the Asian swing. We didn't get it last year uh, with COVID. Um, it's always fun to watch primetime golf. Um, and yeah, I think the course looks pretty cool this week. So I'm excited. But uh, yeah, 3M, man, that was tilting on my end. How did you do? Um, I was above average with six out of six lineups. I, I think, um, I don't know, it's maybe at 12%, six to six or something like that. But of my, I think, 18 golfers in my player pool made the cut. I think I only had three finish inside the top 20. Uh, I had a whole lot of mediocre finishes, and that just wasn't getting the job done. Uh, no Cameron Champ. I believe you could splice the clip from a few weeks ago when I said I had played Champ uh, and experimented with that and uh, had had enough for a while. And then, of course, he's posted pretty good finishes at the John Deere and then the win last week. So, yeah, it wasn't a good week uh, for me, and it uh, doesn't sound like it was for you either. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, I had Hank Labiota, which, uh, you know, I'm glad everything's all right with his dad. He tweeted out today. That's why he uh, left. But, uh, yeah, I had my first 6-6 six six in Maine in, like, months, it felt like. Um, so I was feeling pretty good Friday night and then saw a tweet from somebody, ran over to the PGA Tour side, saw the WD, was hoping it was a mistake, but uh, that's not the mistake that they're going to make. So that was frustrating. And then I was in fourth in the $555 on DraftKings heading into Sunday. I did have Leviota, so I wasn't going to win that, but the team just fell apart. So that was frustrating. I had an outright on Vegas. He fell short, had an outright on McNeely, had a top 10 on Papper Rez, who missed it by one stroke, thanks to a three putt on the 17th. Um, so yeah, that was a profitable week somehow, but it was one of those ones that just felt like it should have been a whole lot better. Yeah, sorry to hear that. I think there was a guy in one of the lower dollar GPPs that had five top eight finishers or something like that, plus Lebiota. Uh, and he had that team like in there 10 times or something like that. It was crazy. Um, and finished, still finished 34th in like one of the larger field GPPs uh, with Lebiota in there. So uh, he feels the pain with that uh, WD. But uh, yeah, and you know, the, uh, 
the good thing about, you know, being correct about it and not uh, venting, you know, you, you can, you can vent about it on Twitter, but like, there's people that go nuts and, you know, well, oh, this is unacceptable. And why are you, you know, why is this happening? And, uh, you know, then you post today about what happened. And then, uh, if you you know, if you do, uh, post some mean tweets to an athlete or something, then that, uh, probably make you regret that a little bit, not that you did it or anything, but uh, you just see what some people are posting out there and it's just, uh, yeah, don't do that. So, uh, if you didn't see the post, uh, Hank Leviota's dad had, uh, uh, contracted COVID and was having kidney failure and a lot of problems. And he posted today that, uh, that he is doing well. So that was the reason for the withdrawal. Uh, and hopefully everything continues to, uh, hopefully his dad continues to recover as you mentioned there. So yeah, nothing else really from last week uh, that was notable from my end. Uh, another, another top finish without a win for Louie, which seems like you can just put that in there every time you tease it up nowadays. Um you know, Patrick Reed was tilting as usual, did end up making the cut and, uh, uh, but still another middling finish for him. And now he's flying to Japan to, to compete this week in the Olympics because Bryson is out due to a positive COVID test and John Rahm is out due to his second positive COVID test in like 40 days. What's up with that? Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's uh, a for the first one was a false positive due to the vaccination. Cause I think he had the first vaccination right before he tested positive or, you know, maybe um, there's still just traces of it in the system and they're testing a little differently over there. Uh, I don't know, but um, that kind of sucks for him. It feels like the golf gods are out to get him. Um, but yeah, other takeaways from last week. I mean, Cam Champ, he has seven top tens on the PGA Tour and three wins. Um, he's kind of like the opposite of all the guys I like, the Xanders, the Finals, the, the Louis that are always in the top ten and never seem to win. But uh, Louis' performance felt a little bit different this time around. I mean, he had a huge Sunday um, to vault himself up there. And who knows what would happen? I mean, if Champ hit driver on 18, was in some trouble, uh, ended up getting it through, um, and then hit a great wedge shot. But he could have easily doubled that hole. I and mean, we saw guys make 12s and 10s and all kinds of crazy numbers. I love that last hole. Yeah, that is a pretty nifty hole. I, I, and. I, I can't tell you how many of my guys put the ball in the water on that hole on Thursday. It was driving me insane. Uh, I was rooting for him to lay up after a while. Uh, and speaking of champ, he led the field in putting. Um, you, you could have put some good money on him leading a field in putting uh, where he ranks near the bottom of the tour. But, you know, that goes to show you um, he only gained four strokes from Tita Green and gained eight strokes putting. So, uh, golf is a, a funny sport sometimes and uh, you just get on a roll and that's what happened with him. So, uh, Schwartzel, Vegas, Oosthuizen tied for second. Keith Mitchell birdied the first seven holes on Saturday, uh, to, to make a run, finished top five. Um, one of the first solid finishes for him in a while. So, and, uh, our boy Mito, who we talked about on the show last week, Mito Pereira, sixth place finish. Uh, all he's done is win multiple times on the corn Ferry tour and now come over to the PGA tour, two top tens in a row, his last two starts. And, uh, he's like one of the cheapest options in the field this week, which feels like a misprice. And uh, we'll get to that in a second, but a pretty impressive golf he's been playing over the last couple months. Yeah, he's been awesome. Um, and definitely going to be a name that we have to make a decision on, uh, like you mentioned this week and same with Johnny Vegas, who they both just feel so cheap. So, uh, there'll be some interesting talking points for sure. All right. Well, let's go ahead and dig in. Uh, we've got the Olympic golf tournament this week. So 
Uh, no prize money, no purse. Uh, literally just everybody competing for three medals. Um, I think there is some withdrawal risk for guys that get off to a bad start. You know, they got to get daily COVID tests. Um, you know, it's it's quite the routine to, to go through uh, this Olympic stuff this year. If you've been watching on TV, you know, you pretty much got to mask up everywhere. Um, Japan's taking it pretty seriously. So uh, there is some risk. Uh, otherwise, it is a no-cut event with just the 60 golfers and everybody will get four rounds unless they fall out of it and decide to withdraw. So uh, Kasumigaseki Country Club, I, I hope I got that relatively close. Uh, we'll just call it the course from now on. But the East course uh, at, uh, at that country club is going to host the tournament this week, uh, has hosted the Asian uh, uh, amateur uh, event or the, the Japan amateur event. Uh, I can't remember now. I got to try to find it. If it's just Japan. Yeah, uh, yeah the they... Japan junior event. And then the Asia-Pacific Amateur have been hosted here. But the Japan Junior event has been held here for 50 years. So Matsuyama has won on the East Course before. You're going to see that narrative floated about. Um, but I've seen a whole lot of comparisons for the course, and they've kind of been all over the place. So uh, what do you think from what you've seen of it? Yeah, I think people are uh, reading far too much into certain course comps. I just don't know if one course in North Carolina is going to have all that predictive value of trying to see what's going to happen in the Olympics in Tokyo, but you never know. Um, a lot of people are playing up the Tom Fazio um, angle since he did redesign the course in 2016. He ended up uh, making it a lot longer um, just for this event specifically. And then um, the greens, they used to have two greens on each hole. He kind of combined them into one. So the greens here are massive. They're 7,800 square feet on average, um, typically around on the PJ tour, it's like 6,000 square feet. So really big greens. It looks fairly generous off the tee from what I'm seeing. Uh, we've had a lot of rain in the area. If you've been watching any of the Olympics, you've seen, you know, a lot of rain and a lot of wind so far. Uh, and there's been a lot of rain so far in the summer in Japan. So I do think it's going to play soft. The course is long. It's almost 7,500 yards. There's only three par fives, uh, two of the par fours over 500 yards, two of the par fives over 600 yards. So for me, I like the guys that can get it out their ways. I do think hitting it out of the fairways is going to be a big advantage. Uh, the the zoysia grass on the fairways um, gives you some really good lies and it gives you some really bad lies in the rough. Uh, the greens are bank grass. And yeah, I mean, that's pretty much as far as I would go in terms of, you know, breaking down the course. I just don't know if there's any specific course fit that we need to be looking at. I do like the angle of targeting aggressive golfers since there is no cut. Guys that make birdies, um, DK scoring makes a lot of sense. There's going to be a lot of guys out uh, score their finishing position. And then the other factor we should probably talk about is the motivation. You know, Rory McIlroy is kind of just here because he feels like he should be. And you have Sung J.M., Siwoo Kim, who this might be their biggest career so far, biggest event so far in their careers. Um, they're trying to avoid the mandatory military service. You have uh, Rory Sabatini, who became a citizen of another country just so we could play in the Olympics. So a lot of different storylines. Um, how much are you weighing motivation and um, also travel? Because we have a few guys coming over from the 3M. Yeah, I mean, you have some like Reed played the British Open and then played the 3M and now to Japan. So uh, probably wouldn't have played last week if he knew he was going to be coming over here. But uh, I do think that the travel is a big concern because, you know, there's what, 16 hours difference. There's a lot of time difference between. Uh, um, and he just took off a few hours ago. I saw his tweet. Really? So, you know, it's. Uh, it's thir It's 14 hours ahead of um, central time. 
in the United States. So, I mean, you're losing a half a day going over there. So, you know, it's 8 p.m. here in the States and it's noon uh, in Japan. So, I mean, that's, uh, that's just a big change. And so uh, that worries me for guys like Reed, uh, particularly with him or the late ads. I mean, um, you know, we had what Campilo is uh, replacing Rom. So uh, that would worry me a little bit. Otherwise, you know, it's really hard. You can't go hunt down when everybody got in. And, you know, it, the motivational angle, I think, is definitely there. Obviously, the South Korean guys want to perform uh, to try to get out of that military service requirement. They haven't really kept that too much of a secret. Uh, but it's it's the aggressive golfer approach makes sense because there's no difference between fifth and last. Like, there's no prize money. It's not like oh. JB Holmes going to, you know, at the uh, whatever tournament it was a few years back, playing for second or third to try to get more prize money. It's gold medal, silver medal, bronze medal, everybody else go home. Um, and I do think you're going to see guys withdraw, I, I, but it's going to be impossible to predict who that's going to be. Uh, but there's almost no way that 60 guys finish four rounds, I don't think. Yeah, certainly agree. Um... So, yeah, um, so you're just looking for birdie makers, Paul Schreiter? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it, it does seem fairly open. Um, you know, Monterey Peninsula was a course I saw compared to, and that's a wide-open, scorable course. Uh, I've seen comparisons to Augusta. There, there are quite a few bunkers, uh, which is probably the course's biggest defense. Uh, but if it's wet, you know, and, and the course is pretty open, I think bombers and birdie makers is the way to go and aggressive scores. Yep, so we're on the same page there for sure. Yeah. Well, let's go ahead and start digging in. Um, we've only got 60 golfers and the bottom is pretty weak. So we'll, uh, we'll, we'll take up as much time as we can here to get through it, but uh, we'll probably be a little bit quicker than normal. So uh, we've got uh, six golfers above 10 K Colin Morikawa. If you're on DraftKings uh, salaries, Colin Morikawa, Justin Thomas, Xander Shoffley, Hideki Matsuyama, Rory and Patrick Reed. Um, I'm out on Reed because it helps my blood pressure and because of the travel. It's an easy reason to fade him this week. I mean, Matsuyama, the narrative is there uh, with the fact that he's won here before and he's rested. I mean, after having to leave the rocket mortgage uh, due to a positive COVID test, uh, he's rested and, you know, has probably been at home for a while now. So, um, but we've got all of these guys essentially except for Reed sitting at 12, 15, 16% ownership. So, you really can just play your favorite of the bunch. Uh, if you're going for DK scoring, even though he hasn't been consistent lately uh, and he's burned me a few times, I don't mind Justin Thomas. If guys are going to be attacking pins and going for birdies, uh, perhaps this is a week he puts all the elements of his game together. I like him in tournaments, but uh, your thoughts on the six we've got above 10K here. Yeah, I'm on the uh, same board with you. Love Justin Thomas this week. I was shocked when I saw his ownership. I thought he was going to be one of the higher owned guys. Um, he's the king of no-cut events. He's won twice in Asia. I think they're both at the CJ Cup and Nine Bridges. Uh, and he makes a ton of birdies, like you mentioned. The form hasn't been great, but it's mostly been due to the putter. Sounds like these greens are pretty slow. That tends to negate putting a little bit. Um, you know, we saw Colin Morikawa gain a bunch of strokes putting at the Open Championship on those slow greens. So, um, yeah, I like Justin Thomas quite a bit. Love the ownership discount that we're getting. I also like Xander. I do think he might be a little more popular than we currently have him. He's just one of those guys that people love to play, uh, and I'm one of those people that love to play him. So consistent, has a high floor, has a high ceiling. He's also won in Asia. He won the WGC HSBC Champions a couple of years ago. 
And he's number two in this field in strokes gained per round on uh, in no cut events. So those are going to be my two favorites. I think most of my exposure above 10K is going to go there. Morikawa, man, I just haven't been there for any of his big wins. Uh, and so it feels like I just I have to make it up by fading him. I mean, it's so it's such a bad um, approach by me, but I just wasn't there for him on the Open Championship. He, now he's the most expensive golfer. So I'm going to be underweight there. Um, I'm going to be out for Rory. He just doesn't sound all that enthused to be here. I, I don't know. I, it's hard to tell, but he's also been in pretty bad form. And then I agree with you on Reed, but uh, the Captain America thing, I mean, he lives for these kind of events. That does worry me a little bit. He's going to be just out there with his bloodshot eyes, you know, completely jet lagged, throwing darts. Did you see uh, uh photo? Twitter had a Photoshop of him uh, in the, the gymnast uniforms with the eagle on it. And oh, it was great. <laughs> Twitter's been ablaze today. I cannot, <laughs> uh, I haven't been able to keep up with all that today. Um, I think I'm still out on Reed. Uh, if Captain America gets the job done for the USA and adds to the medal count, more power to him. Uh, I, I just I can't do it, uh, especially after last week when he was like everybody was shooting two, three under par on Thursday. And I look at my leaderboard and there he is at the bottom. Uh, and it was just fitting, even though he came back and, and made the cut. Uh, it's just the, the par for the course with me. But since I'm off him, that means all you uh, viewers can rejoice and, and play him instead. But uh, uh, what shocks me is that we've got Victor Hovland there at 9,900 as one of the top owned options on the board. I don't think many of the other highly owned options um, surprise me as much as Victor Hovland being so much more chalky than the other top guys. I, it's not that I don't like him. He's fine. I, I, I certainly don't mind playing him, uh, but is, is Victor Hovland really going to be the massive chalk of kind of the top tier here? Yeah. People love to play him. Um, he rarely lets anyone down um, other than his WD when he had like sand in his eye or whatever it was. So, I mean, I don't, maybe he's not going to get to 25%, but I do think he'll be uh, pretty popular. It's hard not to like him. Great ball striker. His short game has been a lot better over the last year or so. So I do like him hard to get to that number though. Um, we skipped over Hideki. What are you doing there? A lot of yeah, pressure. No, on him. I, I, I tagged him up. I shouldn't have skipped over him as much as I did, but I just think obviously he's won here. He's played here. You know, he's, he, he's gotta be the most rested and comfortable uh, of anybody at this tournament uh you know the only question is whether the pressure will get to him a little bit but it's not like you have throngs of fans i mean this has been a very tame olympics as far as spectators go outside of the australian uh swimming coach guy that was uh has become the latest uh, meme um on the on the interwebs but uh you know we don't have big crowds at these events and you know to me that helps i mean he took down the masters and um, I think he's ready to go. So yeah, I like Hideki. I'll, I'll be overweight, um, on the, the 15 to 16% we've got him at right now. Yeah. I think I like him too. He's probably my third favorite above 10 K. Yeah. And I'm pretty much in agreement with the rest of those guys there. Rory, I'm, you know, I can kind of take or leave, see how my player pool comes out. We'll probably be one of my last guys in or last guys out, uh, depending on, on what I have to work with for salary. So, uh, Hobland, I like, but you know, there's other guys in that range too. So uh, if you're looking to be a little bit contrarian in tournaments, I don't mind going to some of these other guys. Uh, looks like you've got uh, Casey tagged up there. Yeah, he's just been so consistent. Uh, I tend to gravitate those guys. Uh, they do lose a little bit of uh, you know of their equity in no cut events, but 
still he's played well in Asia. Um, you know, PJ Splits, uh, the the Twitter account put out a, a tweet today about um, strokes game per round on Asian courses. I thought that was interesting. He was up there near the top. He's just a guy that does everything well except putting. Um, and I can kind of take my chances with guys like that. I think uh, he's due for a big win in, in one of these events. So I like Casey quite a bit. Um, answer is kind of the same way, but uh, I like Casey a little bit more. Really like the spot for Neiman, though. Uh, one of the longest guys in the field, gains a ton of strokes off the tee, and he's slowly become a really good putter over the last few months, um, especially on bent grass. So uh, he kind of checks all the boxes for me. He's been more consistent than showing upside recently, but he did have a second place uh, a few weeks back. So I like that. And then uh, obviously you've got to play Sung JM. At least I got to. I want to root for him. Um, it's such a good story. Uh, if he was able to accomplish it, if him and Siwoo were both able to do it, uh, it would be awesome. So uh, I bet him. I, uh, I'm playing him in DFS. Uh, what's your approach with those two? Yeah, um, I, I like him. Siwoo Kim worries me a little bit more just because he's been so erratic. Um, you know, he was off to the awful start at the John Deere. He was like seven over through four holes and then withdrew. Um, he cited a back injury, but it was probably just to wave the white flag at that point uh, because it was a birdie fest and there was no way he was making the cut. But 58th at the Rocket Mortgage, cut at the Travelers. I mean, he just hasn't been in great form. And uh, we've also got Siwoo as one of the most popular guys in the field. So not super high on Siwoo Kim, but I am in on Sung Jae at 9K. He's been playing a little better lately too. Yeah. Uh, the guy that feels the most overpriced to me is Shane Lowry. And it looks like nobody's going to play him, but we know there up, there's upside there. Um, he's played well pretty much all over the world. Do you have any interest there? Yeah, I don't mind it. Um, he's one of those guys that I never tend to have a great, you know, read on, I, I usually don't dislike him and I usually don't actively seek him out, uh, particularly at that salary. But I do think he's an interesting pivot off of uh, off of Hovland there. And uh, he did play well at the open, particularly after the first round. So, yeah, I mean, he's certainly familiar with international courses and I think he's an interesting tournament play. Sandwich between Hovland and Casey, too. He, he won't carry much ownership at all. Yeah. All right. Uh, I agree with you on Neiman. I like him. And that pretty much rounds out the nine K's uh, with the exception of answer who uh, you got any strong takes there? No, I think he's uh solid. I just don't know. I don't know. He could come out and, and do something special, but um, he just gets off to such slow starts recently um, and then turns it on on the weekend. So maybe I'll save him for a, a weekend, a weekend or showdown or something. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go ahead and dive into the eight K's then. Um, you mentioned that uh, Morikawa is the guy that you've kind of missed out on with his runs. Uh, Cam Smith is the guy that I missed out on on his big run, and he slowed a little bit lately. Um, faded on Sunday his last couple tournaments, but uh, missed out on him. Uh, Connors continues to put together really solid tournaments. I was really impressed with his tournament at the Open. Even though he struggled on Sunday, he was actually inside the top five, I think, heading into that round. Um, so Connors just continues to play well. You've got Leishman, you've got Bazudenhout in here, and you've got a couple of the uh, Euro Tour guys like Guido and Higo, Norin. Um, so that's kind of the 8K range, and it shows where this field does start to, to fall off a little bit. So you got any favorites in here? Yeah, uh, at first glance, I was like, oh, I hate this range. They all feel overpriced, but I think everyone else is going to do that. And uh, this is only a 60-man field, like we mentioned. 
uh, you're going to have to get different. So uh, playing a couple guys from this range, I do think uh, could help differentiate some of your lineups. Um, it's certainly a week where you can leave money on the table as well. Uh, I like Thomas Peters quite a bit. One of the better guys off the tee. Um, he's a bomber, especially, you know, if you look at his stats on the European tour. And he's played well in some of the big events um, coming off of three straight top 35. So um, I think I saw you tag him up as well. I did. Yeah. I put him as my favorite contrarian play uh, this week and uh, he has garnered a little bit of steam in terms of ownership, but not massive by any means, but yeah, I mean, I'm playing the bomber and uh, an aggressive player narrative and he certainly fits that. Yeah. I like it. Um, other guys. Yeah. If, if the course doesn't play how I expect, um, I kind of like the ball strikers like we talked about, but uh, Cam Smith, like you mentioned, elite short game, just one of those guys that tends to have, uh, you know, those magic beans in his pocket, similar to Spieth and Mackenzie Hughes and Alex Patrick Norn, Reed. those types, Patrick Reed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Reed only on uh, the 18th hole on, on Friday to make the cut for sure. Um, so, yeah. So if the, if the course doesn't play how I think, then I think uh, a lot of those guys could be in play. Bazudenhout has made like 25 straight cuts, but he's got very little upside during that stretch. So, uh, I'll probably be out on him, even though he has played well in no cut events. I'm a sucker for Fleetwood, so I'll have a little bit of him. And then, uh, what about these Euro Tour young guys? Do you prefer Migliotti or Higo? Or neither? Yeah, I mean, I probably, probably neither, really. I, I mean, like you, I'm a sucker for Fleetwood, uh, when he's not playing in the States. Um, you know, it's not Guido. We've got a 13% ownership. I think that's maybe a little higher than I'd like to see. So I don't know, probably Higo if I had to choose one, but I'll probably cut them both to be honest. How many uh, golfers in this range do you think you'll have? Cause I think most of this have like two or three. Well, let's see. Uh, one, two, three, uh, maybe five. If I'm playing a you know, multi-entry pool or something, definitely Peters, definitely Fleetwood, definitely Connors um maybe one or two sneakier guys we'll have to see i'm out on hugh hughes at double digit ownership no thanks even if he's got the magic beans um you know and this is a way to kind of differentiate your tournament lineups like you mentioned a yeah. little bit and somebody in the chat had asked um do you think there will be a lot of dupes in the uh, for gpp winners this week given the size of the gpps uh, say like the, you know, the $15 or whatever it is with 200 K to first on DraftKings. Like, is it a week where you think you need to leave salary on the table? Do you go with a contrarian like punt play or do you think yeah, there'll be a, a chop here? Uh, my money's on the chop, but I do think, uh, it is a week where you have to do at least one of the two, either leave salary on the table or, uh, get contrarian with your lineup. You definitely don't want to have a chalky lineup where you're maxing out your salary, um, in the large field stuff, single entry, you know, you can do, a little bit of a different approach, but yeah, the bigger the the contest, um, the more you want to think about how you're constructing your lineups. Yeah. And, uh, uh, Josh, uh, in the chat had also asked about, uh, Mito, um, who's probably going to be the highest owned golfer this week and then, uh, Norlander. And those would be two guys that are both going to be very popular. Uh, if you're building cash game lineups, you can certainly put both of those guys in there. They're great point per dollar plays. Uh, but just be cautious if you're using both of those guys in a tournament lineup, along with some of the other popular plays, uh, you, you do run the risk of, of having a duplicated lineup. So maybe you leave a little salary on the table. If you've got a build kind of like that, you know, you leave five or 600 on the table and try to differentiate a little bit that way. So 
Uh, all right, let's start uh, going down into the seven Ks here. Uh, your thoughts? Do you have any thoughts on Siwoo? I know I touched on him a little bit earlier. Are you in? Yeah, I think I got to be in. Um, nothing really stands out on paper for him, but uh, I'm buying into the narrative. Uh, this, this is his last chance at the Olympics. I think Sung Jae will have one more chance four years from three years from now. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he took off the open. Uh, you mentioned he withdrew from the John Deere. So, yeah, he's all in for this week. He's a guy that just pops randomly and uh, at an event where it's top three or bust. I mean, I think he at least deserves consideration. He's definitely going to be over-owned compared to, you know, where his projection lies or or anything like that. But uh, I'll buy into the narrative. I'll probably be off of Munoz because I can't eat all the chalk. He's been very inconsistent recently, similar to Siwoo, so I'll just side with one of them. Um, I really like Antoine Rosner, though. Look at his ball striking numbers on the European tour. Uh, one of the best. Uh, I have kind of adjusted my model for the European tour stats, and he's top 10 in the field in both off the tee and on approach. Granted, he's playing in some weaker fields for sure, but, um, yeah, love the stats that he has over on the European tour. Um, Dietrich's kind of in the same uh, mold as um, Thomas Peters. If you want to look at that, I don't mind it. And then, obviously, the chalky plays, Johnny Vegas uh, and Mito. I'm playing both. I know it's probably bad. I know I'm going against my you know, fade the cheap chalk, but for me, they're just underpriced. Uh, they could be in the AK range and I'd still have some interest in them. So yeah, I just have to play them. I know the travel is a little bit of a concern, but Johnny Vegas has been you know, one of the best guys off the tee this season, the driving distance there, the irons have come around. Um, and from what I remember, he's a pretty good lag putter. Um, and these greens are very big. So I do think three putt avoidance could be good. And then Mito has just been awesome. So um yeah, I'm playing both, but uh, if you're playing above the single entry, you're probably going to be forced into a lot of 4v4s. Yeah, I uh, had to make a decision, and I like Mito so much, and I've played him every week uh, since he's been playing on the PGA Tour that I got to keep up uh, keep up with playing him. So uh, by uh, almost necessity, I'm out on Vegas and in on uh, Mito, but that's not an indictment of Vegas by any means. Um, you know, just uh, maybe hopefully the travel catches up to him a little bit. Uh, more so than some of the other guys, but uh, both are fine plays. I think Rasmus Hodgegaard and, and Matthias Schwab are interesting guys. If you want to pick out a couple more Euro Tour names at the bottom of that 7K range and you're looking to get a little bit different, uh, those guys won't carry quite as much ownership as the Johnny Vegas and the and the Mitos, uh, or you could go to Rosner, who you mentioned. Uh, I think all those guys are, are strong tournament plays at uh, much lower ownership than, than many of the others in this range. Do you have a take on uh, Hoshino? I don't. Um, you know, he, he's definitely the guy that's he's sandwiched in between the other chalk. Uh, so there's not going to be much ownership there at all. I mean, you got the Japan narrative and uh, he, he played well at the U.S. Open. But uh, um, trying to well, – I don't have enough time. I didn't look before the show uh, to see if – he had any notable results in the past like so he's won three times in the last year all on the japan tour um but he's up to 86 in the world uh yeah i mean i think he's at least interesting maybe if you want to uh, bet him as like the top japanese player um probably get some decent odds on that over yeah. a decade yeah for sure no doubt about that uh all right let's go ahead uh well, first of all uh, we've got a uh, couple questions i'll throw those out here and then as usual, we'll play our guest the golfer game free week of Roto Grinders Premium Access. If you're not already a premium subscriber, for the person who can guess our favorite 
sub 7k golfer on DraftKings this week and there's not a ton of options and uh, we've excluded Norlander and Straka from the conversations Norlander and Straka are going to be the most popular sub 7k golfers on DraftKings it's neither of those guys it can be anybody else uh, we both agreed on this golfer and uh, I'll definitely have him in my multi-entry player pool so uh, throughout your guesses are our favorite value of the week not named Norlander or Straka uh, and we'll give a free week of Roto Grinders Premium if somebody gets it right. Uh, Skyler in the chat asking about our top locks. So let's say if you had to pick one, uh, your favorite player at the top this week, who do you like? They just joined, uh, he just joined us a little bit late. Yeah, no such thing as a lock in PGA DFS. You'll find that out rather quickly. Um, but if I'm going with my favorite guy uh, in the field, I'll go Xander. Yeah, I think uh, if you're playing GPPs, I like Justin Thomas uh, or Hideki. I think those two are both fine at the top. So, um, oh, all right. So we Bill, got a solution guess, which is uh, – which oh, was oh, that's one who of mine the, was. Okay, never mind. Yeah, that, that's not the winner. <laughs> uh, but it was one of the three names that you threw out there. So, um, yeah, you know, worth a, worth a discussion right now, I think, uh, and some of your favorite uh, values other than the golfer we're trying to get people to guess. All right, so yeah, uh, Kale Samoya. I tried to uh, Google that pronunciation before the show, uh, so I wouldn't butcher it too bad. Um, yeah, he's been uh, pretty good on the European tour. Um, his strengths are approach and birdie or better percentage. Um, he's also a pretty good putter. Um, everything else is kind of hit or miss, but 6,300, I'll certainly take my chances there. Um, he rates out well in my model, and he's got like no course comps and no uh, you know, PGA Tour experience. So I like him quite a bit. Um, I do, I think Norlander and Straka are fine. Um, if I'm choosing one to X out, I think I'll X out Straka. He's just been so inconsistent and he's missing cuts by like six or seven strokes when he doesn't play well. So if he comes, you know, T58, he's going to really burn a lot of lineups. Norlander has been in better form. He's playing well. He does make a, a decent amount of birdies. So, um, I'll go with Norlander over Samoya. And then I can't remember who the other guy. Oh, Anurban Lahiri. Um, he's played well in Asia coming off of a T3, I believe it was at the John Deere or Barbasol. Somebody guessed remember. him as well. So they've guessed two of the three <laughs> names you threw out there, but not the one we agreed on. <laughs> so yeah, those are the guys that I'm uh, looking at right now, but uh, there's certainly some interesting names. I do think with the no cut, you probably want to get more exposure to the 6k range than usual, uh, especially if the winner comes from the very top. Um, what are your thoughts on having more exposure to this range. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, no cut event, no prize money. I mean, uh, these guys, you know, these are the players that if they're out of the mix, um, you know, there's probably still going to go out there and, you know, have fun and, and finish their four rounds and, you know, try to make some birdies. Whereas, you know, if the top guys are out of it, they might kind of mail it in, but uh, that's anecdotal uh, for sure. But I think you can, you can definitely uh, gain some, some leverage with some exposure to a lot of these guys that are going to be maybe 5% owned or less um, in this range. Uh, let's see. Scrolling through the chat here. What about a uh, strokes game citizenship in Sabatini? <laughs> I don't mind it. Uh, he hasn't had the greatest year and it feels like it's been a long time since we've really even talked about him. Uh, he's missed four cuts in a row including the John Deere and the rocket mortgage, which are two of the weaker events you'll see. So that worries me. The form is terrible, but at 6,800, I mean, if he's, he's been jonesing up for the Olympics, uh, 
uh, I don't I don't mind it. He's probably been out there practicing. Got a question from uh, Mike Campbell. Would you pay money for the Higgs Mickelson pay-per-view? And I think I only would if it was sponsored by Tito's and they had to do a shot after every hole or something. That'd be great. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, we have nobody guessing the correct answer, though. We've had some good guesses. Langaska, good guess. I, I think he's interesting as a punt. Um, Kevin Gray guessed Campos, uh, who uh, is not the craziest play at 6K. If you saw his Instagram post, I think it was Instagram, one of the social media, Campos had his Puerto Rico gear, man, decked out. He had the shoes. He had the socks. He had everything Puerto Rico. And let me tell you, every year at the Puerto Rico Open, that guy finishes inside the top 10. So um, when when Campos is playing for his country, uh, he's uh, he's a player. I don't mind Campos at 6K. And Bill Tomas is the winner with Ryan Fox. Congratulations. Uh, good, uh, good guesses though. All, all the guys that we uh, were thinking about uh, were guests early on. So uh, Bill, congrats. Our producer, Devin, will reach out to you to get your free week of Roto-Grinders premium access. And even for those of you who did not win, if you are interested and we hope you are, uh, you can sign up for Roto-Grinders premium anytime. Uh, you can select specific sports if you want to subscribe to just a few sports, or you can get the combo package. Uh, which includes pretty much everything except NASCAR uh, will include, you know, NFL and college football when that uh, comes uh, starts back up here in, uh, in a month already. So uh, preseason football will be right around the corner. Uh, so Devin will also drop a link in the chat, uh, which will get you 10 bucks off your first month of cool. premium access. If you are interested in that, you can check out that link. Uh, all right. So congrats again to Bill Ryan Fox. Uh, again, fits the narrative long off the tee, not afraid to, to take some chances. He's one of the most aggressive players on the European tour. He'll make some eights. He'll make some nines. Uh, and he'll also make some birdies. So uh, made the cut at the open uh, shot a 76 on Sunday, but still made 14 birdies, which is pretty good on a difficult course. So Fox is definitely one of those guys that even if he doesn't finish super well, uh, I think we'll outscore his finishing position in terms of fantasy points. So anybody else, uh, we've mentioned a lot of guys down here. Is there anybody else you like that we have not mentioned? Yeah. One other name, somebody mentioned him in the chat, Scott Vincent, his numbers on the European tour looked good, but uh, his sample size was really small. So I just pulled up his page on uh, official world golf ranking um, site and he's played in Japan the last few months. Um, his last five events, T21, T40, T2, T26, T26. So um, he's playing in Japan a lot, getting ready for this. Uh, stats are good on the European tour. I think I could uh, get some of him at 2% ownership. Who was that again? Scott Vincent. Tag him up in my pool here and uh, check it out. Uh, from Zimbabwe. Nice. That's uh, be a nice medal for them, for sure, if he made a run. So, um Put the over under at 56 and a half golfers finishing the week. What do you got over or under 56 and a half out of 60? I mean, I'm going to say over, but I don't know. I don't remember what happened last Olympics to you. I don't, but let's take a look. Yeah. I was gonna say for you got it. Yeah, I got it uh, here. So Rose and Stenson, uh, that's how you know it was five years ago. It was Rose and Stenson <laughs> at the top in Rio. Uh, I do remember that I was pissed because it overlapped that that year with the John Deere and uh, the, the contests for the John Deere were pitiful. Um, and the contests for the Olympics were way too big. 
so let's see, 60 golfers. We had 59 finish that time, so only one withdraw. Uh, and that uh, golfer was uh, Wen Tang Lin, who was 12 over through two rounds. Maybe so one maybe, of the big names that is in the WGC next week or something. Yeah. And, and, you know, I might be overshooting it. The professionalism of these guys saying that they're just going to pull a Daniel Berger and walk out after, you know, the first round if they're not uh, playing well. But, uh, yeah, so only one withdraw uh, the last time. And uh, some interesting names. What do you think we get for scoring here? I know it's a, it's a crapshoot, but uh, you think we get like birdie fest, like John Deere 3M type birdie fest? Do you think we get, you know, difficult course? Do you think somewhere in between? Typically the the events we see in Asia, the CIMB Classic and CJ Cup, it's been like high teens. Uh, this is a little bit longer. It sounds like it's a fairly difficult test, but it's going to be really soft. So I'm going to say mid-teens, like 15 or so. All right. I agree. I think I said uh, 16 or 15, something like that in our survey this week. And we also have somebody asking you a hoops question. Will Team USA cover 40? They're favored by 40 against Iran. Oh, man, that's a ton of points. Uh, I think the days of them just blowing people out are probably over. But at the same time, this is kind of a get right spot. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't bet it. But if I did, I'd guess I'd, I'd take a minus 40. <laughs> If you want, keep in mind, it's only a 40-minute game, too. It's not a 48-minute game. If you want, uh, you can put 100 bucks on the money line for the U.S. and win a dollar on FanDuel. Uh, if you want the easiest dollar you've ever made, you put 100 bucks on the U.S. money line uh, and win your dollar. Not a long-term betting strategy. Please Is that boosted? <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. That's what surprised me. Um, uh, but uh, not the get-rich uh, strategy that you probably want. Uh, it's telling me that the max wager is 50 grand. So if you want to put 50 grand on the U S to win 500 bucks, uh, if you got 50 grand to spare, you can do it. Uh, I don't think they cover the 40. I think they certainly win handily, but, uh, I don't know. They just haven't shown enough to, to get me to think they can cover a 40, uh, against anybody right now, but uh, we'll see. I won't be watching. It starts at midnight. I'll uh, check in the morning, but. Uh, Noto, you got anything else? Otherwise, we'll get out of here. We've made it about 45 minutes, and I'm considering that a W for this week. Uh, have some fun. Should be fun to watch uh, the primetime golf, and uh, hopefully one of the long shots and or one of the South Koreans takes it down. Yeah, you got, like, the best time zone for that. It starts at, like, 4.30, and it'll get done, yeah. you know, around 11, 11, 11.30, something like that. So you'll uh, – uh, Central and us, uh, Central time zone and, and mountain time zone folks are uh, rejoicing for – uh, the primetime golf coverage this week. So best of luck, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. As always, congrats to our guest, the golfer winner with Ryan Fox, and uh, we'll catch you back here next week. Same time, same channel. Drop a, drop a like on the YouTube video if you're watching us live uh, or checking out the YouTube feed uh, after the fact. We appreciate that. Uh, and also, before we go, would be remiss if we didn't bring up uh, one of our uh, sponsors with Prize Picks. Uh, this is a, a site that uh, has started offering more stuff for, for golf. So uh, a lot of times they'll offer finishing position. They'll offer uh, over under like longest drives, things of that nature. Uh, and the interface is, is a lot better too. So uh, we've uh, started uh, giving out some of their picks on the show. Uh, and Noto and I were checking these out last week. We came to an agreement on three golfers uh, before we started and, and, and we had not corroborated beforehand. Um, we kind of did the same this week, although uh, I'm a little more skeptical on one of the picks. Um, 
compared to the ones we had last week. But Noto, you mentioned the South Korean angle this week. Uh, so we're, we're going for that, right? Yeah, going for that, going for the feel-good story. So Siwoo Kim just has to finish uh, 22nd or better. Sung Jm has to finish 17th or better. And then Justin Thomas in the top eight. Um, you know, it's kind of weird. I don't really like betting the overs. I feel like anytime I bet the over or someone to miss the cut, it just automatically goes the opposite <laughs> direction. But, uh, yeah, hopefully it's a little better than last week. Dustin Johnson ended up missing the cut, so – uh, we were done pretty early on that. Yeah, what a disaster that was last week for DJ, and uh, needed a birdie at the last, and uh, and dunked it in the water. Man, with some in- inclinations from some folks that uh, that might have been intentional, but uh, in any case, it was a bad week for uh, for DJ. Um, I am definitely in on JT. I'm definitely in on Sungjae. I'm a little bit more nervous about Siwoo, but uh, the, given that he only has to finish 22nd or better. Uh, if you're if you're buying the narrative angle, they will certainly be grinding it out for uh, for four rounds. So, all right, that's going to do it for us this week. But make sure to uh, to check out Prize Picks if you haven't already. Uh, you can get uh, a bonus uh, using code Grinders, 100% deposit bonus for your first 100 bucks. PrizePicks.com or download the app. So. With that, we'll go ahead and get out of here for Noto and our producer, Devin. Thanks, as always, for watching, everybody. Have a great week. Good luck with the Olympics contests, and we will see you next week.